This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Well, this is one of my favorite times of the year. This is uh, the time in between Christmas and New Year's. It's kind of like the bookend of this week. And I always get to spend a little bit more time with my family and my friends during this week. Uh, My dad will celebrate a birthday at the end of this week. And so we are always doing some family things during this time. And today I want to invite you as your pastor to really think about the fact that you're part of God's family. As you spend time with your family, or maybe you have a day off here, I hope you do. I hope you get some rest during this Christmas time. See, I believe that God's family, it invites you to a new way of living and a new way of life today. We're going to look at that in the Word of God. We're going to open up how it's a new day for you and I to be a part of God's family. I invite you to look at Revelation 22 with us. Let's let's look at what that means for us, that Jesus has come. This is part of our Christmas time series. If you've missed any of it, go to your next step now and, and catch up on it. And yes, before the end of the year, like so many Christian ministries, we're asking you, if you have been encouraged by us this year, if we've helped you grow in the faith, would you please consider a year-end gift? It helps this ministry keep going and moving forward. You can go to the churchnextdoor.org and hit the Give button and just let us know that you want to help with our digital radio ministry. Hey, God bless you and Happy New Year. And next week, we're going to talk about unlocking God's promises. So stay with us. There's more of God's Word for you today and tomorrow and the next day. Well, I'm going to say it one more time. Merry Christmas. You know, I I think I'm allowed to say that one more time, and if not, I apologize if that offended you. I'm telling you what, I just love Christmas. I had so much fun. We we just sat around yesterday mostly and laughed, I think. We did eat from time to time and open a gift here and there, but we laughed most of the day. It's always interesting to me, you know, what happens on Christmas and just the relationships and the dynamics in the room. It's a lot of fun. Today, I was reminded that... um, someone was talking to me and a family member of theirs had strep throat and someone else shared someone else that wasn't feeling well and everything. And I thought before I, I start into the lesson, we, we know people that are not feeling well right now. But if right now, if you know someone who needs God to touch their body, I invite you to stand up, okay? And if, if you're standing in line returning things, you're already standing. We'll pray for that person. But let's just, as a, as a physical act of faith, we're going to stand and we're going to ask that Christ Jesus' stripes would be applied to their life and bring healing and life to them and restoration so that they might feel better and be restored as God designed our bodies to be restored, all right? So, Heavenly Father, on this Christmas Sunday, the Sunday when we celebrate your, your son's birth, he represents the, the, the truth and the hope that you've always promised that you would be our healer. You are our Lord, the doctor, And so we come before you today and we ask you 
to, to touch our family members, our friends, our co-workers, the people in our life that, that need a healing touch, Lord, whether it's a back pain or if it's a strep throat, or Lord, if it's a, a heart issue, a cancer, we don't care what the issue is, God. We believe that it's through Christ Jesus' stripes that we are healed and made whole. And you said we receive not because we ask not. And so we stand today asking for our family and our friends. And God, we have people in our life that are, that are sick from just the, the sin of this world, and it's a spiritual sickness. And while we're standing, we're asking that you would have mercy on this, them and set them free. Open their eyes to the light of the world, Jesus, and may they be transformed. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for being willing to do that, all right? Um, and if, if that's new to you, um, we're just glad to welcome you to that kind of moment. You know, we believe that uh, the, the woman that, that reached out to touch Jesus' garment, it took an act of faith. And we believe that when we open our mouths, that's an act of faith. That's why we pray aloud. It's not just a meditative moment. It's a, it's a personal uh, endeavor towards God. So this is what Revelation chapter 22 says. Now, what's interesting, Revelation chapter 22 is the close of uh, this prophetic word to John the Apostle. And, and the angel of the Lord is having a, a conversation with him as well as the Lord Jesus, okay? And at the end of that, this is what the Lord says. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So Jesus, in this interaction with John, says that I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So what Jesus says is, I am the hope. I am the hope of a new day dawning. Uh, one of the things that Jennifer and I love about living in the country is we get to see the sunrise, all right? Uh, it, it doesn't come up over someone else's house. It just it appears in our sky because we live in the sticks, okay? <clears throat> That's a good thing for us. If it frightens you, it's okay. We're not afraid. And, and, and I love it because you can tell before the sun comes up on the horizon, you begin to see this soft glow. And you know that the, the sun is about to rise. That's what it's talking about when it talks about the morning star. And Jesus is saying, I am what brings a new world. See, when Jesus makes this statement, he is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except through me. Jesus is, is, is putting the gospel in this message to John, and he says it's for the churches. And he goes on in this chapter to say, keep this open for everybody to know. Share this, okay? That's the point. And so today, I want us to talk about, because we've been in the midst of Christmas, many times we were asking, well, well what are we supposed to do after Christmas? Where do, where do we go from that? It's kind of like a, it's a sugar rush. It's a sugar high. I get that. All right. But where do we go from that? And I believe that we have to understand that if we have celebrated Christmas, that we have a new day. And so I would ask you, has a new day dawned on you? Do you think about your life from the perspective that I am a new creation, that I'm a new individual 
because of the truth of who Jesus Christ is? Does it change the way you behave? Does it change the way you live? Does it change the way that you react to people? When a new day starts, you know that the old day is gone. And so the invitation of Jesus, the invitation of Christmas is to celebrate a new way of life. Dawn brings hope and first light. Dawn represents a new day, a new beginning. A dawn of ideas produces new direction and potential. So if you view your relationship with Jesus as a dawn of new ideas. Now, the problem that we have with this, some of us, some of us have been Christ followers for a couple of years, and that's being kind. And so we think, oh, well, another Christmas, another year, ho-hum. And I don't believe that uh, you need to necessarily believe that there's going to be some new revelation, all right? meaning that there's an addition to the Word of God, but I do believe that you, you do need to, to say, Lord, is there something about my relationship that needs to change? Every relationship has a depth, has an intensity to it. We have an opportunity to say, okay, I want to look at my relationship with God. I want to look at my relationship with the body of believers. I want to look at my, my life, and I want to see, God, is there something that is keeping me from knowing you in the way that you intended me to, all right? If there's something I'm missing out on. And, and so Jennifer and I, for many years, Christmas was the season when we had to travel to parents. And uh, we would always take this season, this season between Christmas and New Year's, and do a little evaluation. Where are we with our family? Where are we with God? Where are we with each other? Where are we in terms of what God has called us to, our calling in our life, okay? And, and we, we always try to say, is there something that we need to, to fix, improve, adjust, uh, manage? And I would submit to you that just the rhythm of our culture, okay, I really can't speak to other cultures, but I can tell you the rhythm of our culture kind of allows you some gaps in time between now and, and next weekend, all right? They give you, you get these gaps of time, you get these moments of silence, these moments of peace. Lean into those moments of peace prayerfully. Step before Jesus. Open up your scripture and say, okay, God, if, if this is a good season for me to ask you for help. This is why our, our New Year's series, we're talking about it. It's going to be grow, all right? So uh, in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to start, and we're going to talk about how can I intentionally grow? I mean, how many of you understand that if you want to have apples, you have to plant an apple tree, right? That's good. That's a major step because there's some people that think apples come from the grocery. If you want to have apples, if you, the fruit that you want to have in your life, okay, and God expects us to be fruitful, the, the Christ followers are supposed to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. We're not supposed to dis display ungodly behavior. We're supposed to display the fruit of a Holy Spirit in our life, okay? So Christmas is about the arrival of Jesus the Messiah. He, his arrival gave us hope, the potential of a new life. The world was forever changed by God presenting himself. And what's interesting to me about the Christmas story is, is I love the fact that uh, the Messiah came wrapped in a family. Now, as dysfunctional as most of our families are, okay, 
And we need to be honest about that. All right? Can we be honest? If, if they've left, if they're sitting beside you, I'm sorry to bring it up. All right? Um, our families were not perfect, but we still love them because we have shared history, we have shared memory, and we have shared DNA. To some extent, there's all these sharing levels. And the reason that Jesus came as a human being was so that we could know that we shared something common with our Creator. He, he's, he's telling us that we are valuable, that we are loved, and that God was intentional. And so God wants you and I to understand that. So when you read the gospel story in Luke's chapter 1 and 2, you find out that Jesus was fully human. And then when you look in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, you see his family tree, and you know that he was fully human because in there it lists all the rascals as well as the, the saints. And see, sometimes we have this imagination. I love it because people will tell me, well, I thought your life was perfect. And I'm like, wow, are you deceived? You know what I'm saying? Someone came up to me and said, I, I saw the shower in your mudroom. And I was like, you did? And I'm thinking, how do these people know the shower of my mudroom? And it had been posted somehow by my wife, apparently. <laughs> and so now, if you want to see the shower of my mudroom, you now know you can go online and see that, all right? And, and I don't know, I mean, I guess people thought I didn't get muddy, you know? I live on a farm. There is dirt, all right? If you come to my farm, you'll find out that two of my neighbors, one has a dairy farm, the other one has a pig farm. It does not smell like the city on many days at my house. I walk out the door and I'm like, that smells good to me. That does smell good to me, all right? I grew up on a farm. That is natural, all right? You need to know that is natural. If you like bacon, someone's got to do it, all right? If you don't like bacon, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're kosher, I apologize. I've just offended you. You understand what I'm saying? See, life is messy. And, and every one of us, and one of the things that I love about Christmas, especially as my children grow up, the questions change, okay? When they were little, they asked certain questions about their aunts and uncles, now they ask other questions about their aunts and uncles, right? You understand what I'm saying? And in your family, you have to mature enough that you can have the conversations and say, well, yeah, but do you understand why they do that and why they're this way? See, if you believe that there is such a thing as perfect people, you will stop caring about people who are imperfect. And see, you and I have to recognize that we are all in different stages of our spiritual maturity and our spiritual growth. I wish that everybody had perfect lives. I wish that, that nobody let anybody down. The reason Christmas is hard is some Christmases you spend alone. Some Christmases you don't. 
Some Christmases, you, you, you become aware of the losses that you've had because you spent enough Christmases now. And see, Christmas reminds us that we are fully human as human beings. And some people, they want to pull back from God because humanity is messy. God didn't approach it that way. God approached it from the standpoint, humanity is messy. I'm going to step into the relationship. See, God leaned into a relationship with us because it was messy. And if your life is messy, lean into it, but take Jesus' hand in the process. Say, God, my family's a mess, and I need your help. How do I love them? How do I care for them? If your family is doing well, you need to lift your hands and praise God. Say, God, I thank you. We're in a good spot today. I remember when we weren't. And see, you can, and, then, and maybe you can give encouragement in life to other people, all right? The reason I say that is one of the uniquenesses of Christianity is that we believe that God showed up in the flesh to be a part of the family of humanity, and he died on a cross for us to cure our sins and our brokenness. It's not about a list of things that we do right. It's not about the good that we are. It's about the good that he gave us, and it's about our ability to say yes to his grace and repent of relying on ourselves. Okay, so let's take just a moment and let's look at some of the key people in the story of Jesus' birth. We've probably talked about them, you've sung about them, you've heard about them on the radio uh, if you've listened to Christmas music, okay? So the key people in the story of Jesus' birth, well, first of all, is the angels. And the reason I put them in the category of people, I know that they are not people, all right? But these messengers show up in the form of humanity. And the reason God does that is because we need to hear in a form that we can understand. I'm sorry, but we all know if it showed up like E.T., we're going to freak out. And I mean, it's, it's why they're still making money off of extraterrestrials to this day. And God is smarter than Hollywood. That's all that tells you. God is smarter than Hollywood. And if you want to get a message across, don't send a text, don't send an email, don't make a phone call. Go personally and look somebody in the eye and say, I want you to know I love you. You're important to me. That's hard to deny. And that's what God did. God showed up so he could kiss us on the cheek. I mean, think about that. Don't you know there was a real blessing to being Mary? There was, it does not mean it wasn't hard. See, she had to view the cross from the foot of the cross of someone that she had cared for as dearly as a mother could. And the reason that's important is the people that believe that Christianity makes your life perfect and there'll never be anything, they're not looking at the real truth of the story. Life is messy because sin entered this world. Number two, King Herod of Judea. We even have an evil, power-mongering political force. That's all I'll say. Moving on. Zechariah and Elizabeth. The elderly couple that were without child, and yet God shows up and surprises them with a new opportunity and a future. 
a priest, no less. Cousin John the Baptist, the crazy kid that wore camel hair and ate bugs. Mary, the mother of Jesus, more than likely a teenager. Joseph, the man that had to reevaluate the relationship. I mean, think about that. Everything about this story puts it into, you probably have a family member that would have reacted like some of these folks, right? There you go. The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit showed up in such a tangible form that multiple people recognized that it was God speaking to them. Do you welcome the Holy Spirit? Do you have an attitude? God, I pray that you would speak to me, that you would make your your holy presence so real, you can speak to me through a dream, God. You can, you can bring your scriptures alive to me. God, you can, you can just whisper in my ear. I want you to know, God, I give you permission to speak to me. Now, we are not asking you to ask God for a new revelation and throw the Bible to the side and act like you don't care about. No, no. If the Holy Spirit comes to you, anything that he tells you will line up with scripture. If it tells you to stomp your neighbor's toe, it's not the Holy Spirit. That's an unkind spirit, and it's probably probably something deep within you and not the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm going to say. All right. The wise men from the east, I love that. It brings people from every background in, the shepherds. I think of them as the, the people that work at night, the people that work outside, the people that are doing the dirty jobs, micro, all right? When you think of shepherds, think of micro, the dirty jobs guy. And then, of course, Jesus. Now, there's other figures. There's Anna and Simeon at the temple on the eighth day. And, and they, they, they're these elderly people of prayer that have been praying about the things of God. I mean, we could go on, but I want you to see that God works among humanity. And as you do that, say, God what part do you want me to play? Do you want to be an Anna? Do you want to be a Simeon? Do you want to be a John the Baptist? Do you want to be somebody that takes a a key significant role in the things that God is doing in the earth? I do not want to be sitting in, in the bleachers for the rest of my life I want to be as up close, as as personal as God will let me be to the things that he's doing in the earth. And see, that's the invitation of Christmas. God gets into the nitty gritty of life and he cares about people. He The different ages of the people that are involved. It's amazing. God works in the womb. God works all through the stages of life. No one is more valuable or less. I love everything about it. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. That's amazing. So let's do that right now. Let's pray for our leaders in politics and the leaders of our schools and school boards. 
Father in heaven, we come before you because we know you ask us to pray. In Timothy, it tells us that we're to pray for our leaders and those that are in a position of authority. And so today we want to pray for our politicians, for our schools, because these people have authority over our children. They have authority over our community. They have authority all the way up to the federal level here. And, and God, there, there are men and women that are meeting throughout the earth as leaders. And so we come before you, and this is our prayer. We agree with Paul and Timothy. We are praying that they would lead in such a way that there would be peace and that the gospel of Jesus would go out. God, we know that there's been turmoil over the schools lately, and there's been been turmoil over many political leaders trying to impose their authority over us. God, it's our prayer that in our schools and in our leadership politically, that you would have the supreme authority, that it wouldn't be about political power or, or that. It would be about what brings about peace and wholeness and life for our community, for our children. God, we're praying that in our schools that the children would would learn things that would help them be healthy. May they not be tossed and turned with games that would confuse them. May they have clarity about their identity, who you created them to be. We pray that your Holy Spirit would go throughout the earth through the leadership established in every nation, including ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me, agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.